Hey everybody, welcome to Listen Money Matters. Only when the tide goes out do you discover who's been swimming naked. My name is Matt and I'm here as always with Andrew. Andrew, how are you and what are you drinking? Great, man. I'm drinking a color, deep copper, bitterness, low, aroma, pumpkin, pie spices, vanilla, Flavor, malty sweetness, pumpkin pie. All and right, just pie get cr- to the fucking name, Christ. dude. The the beer is amazing. I think it's actually the best beer I've drank on the podcast so far. It is Imperial Pumpkin. You had it. Yep. I had not had it before. It is so good. Dude. It is very it's good. so good. Like Southern Tier. I, was, I did not expect anything nearly as good. I'm usually like, oh yeah, that's good. But this was like, I smelled it. It was just, oh. My friend drinks one a week while it's out. Really? Yep. Like I, I'm he addicted loves it. now. Oh yeah, it's great. It's a great beer. It really is. Uh, it's it's right now. It's my second favorite pumpkin beer besides uh, Dogfish's Head. Dogfish's Head. <laughs> Dogfish Heads. Uh, pumpkin, which I think is great. So I saw that. I have to. Uh, yeah, it's a really that. good one. Yeah. Uh, so I am drinking my. Uh, I, I, I mean, I don't know when this podcast out is going to come out uh, in accordance to the uh, the one I did before this one, but. I brewed my own beer, and it did not carbonate very well, and uh, I still am drinking it because it has alcohol in it. <laughs> it still tastes <laughs> like a beer, just not carbonated, like a flat yeah. beer, flat cold beer. You know, flat's not that bad. It's not that it's bad. It's doable. Not, it's not in fact, I'm just going to finish it real quick. All right, Matt. What are you drinking now? <laughs> Water. <laughs> uh, as always, leave. Uh, I do have a <laughs> bottle of Blue Coat. Sitting here, uh, not open. I, I thought you had two bottles. Well, well, okay. So this is the bottle that's not opened. I have a bottle upstairs that's opened because I went to uh, what? Okay, oh, no, I was looking because there's so much on this label. Yeah, this is now my go-to beer. Eight point six percent APV. Oh yeah, it's a high one. Yeah, I'm, uh, I'm not a fan of those fanny pack four uh, percenters <laughs> like Bud Light and shit. The but. session beers. I, I went to uh, Chris Gillibo's book signing in Philadelphia. Got a copy of his book. He signed it and uh, talked to him for a little bit. And I offered him a bottle of Blue Coat Gin, which is a Philadelphia gin since he was in Philadelphia and he likes gin. And we talked about it on the show. And he and, rejected you? Well, he didn't reject me. <laughs> he's like, I'm flying tomorrow to Maine. I can't bring this on the plane. And I was like, oh, okay, no big deal. And he's like, we'll have shots. And he like he, when, he was, when he was doing his presentation, he's like, you know, usually people bring cupcakes or something. But Matt brought a bottle of alcohol, so we're all doing shots after my talk. And everyone's <laughs> like, yeah. He's like, stand up, Matt. And I was like, yeah. <laughs> so we did not end up taking shots, but... It was nice. It was nice. Uh, you know, there was at least half the people in the audience were like, God, Matt's such an asshole. I was waiting for shots. I know. They're I was like, like I would have left early. I'm like, when's that guy bringing out the shots? <laughs> anyway, uh, today's catchphrase is only when the tide goes out do you discover who's been swimming naked. That is a quote by Warren Buffett, but that was submitted to us by Rebecca. Thank you, Rebecca. And you can send those in via Twitter. It's at Money Matters Man. I believe she sent that in via email. 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 Uh, but you can also yeah. send them into Facebook, which is where I live, Facebook and Twitter. It's Facebook.com slash listen money matters. Mm. Uh, okay. This is an episode that I've been kind of wanting to do for a while, and I've been uh slowly getting through this. You've been researching for it. I have been. So, ladies and gentlemen, I read Dave Ramsey's Total Money Makeover. <laughs> <gasps> That's not that big of a deal. It's not Why, that big. Why? Because of a deal. it was like fifty pages? No, no. I mean, on my iPad, it was 350. No, I'm sorry, 550. It doesn't tell you how many like real human pages it is? Mm, maybe, but no. Because mm-hmm. I, I like the fonts pretty big. Because I can't read. <laughs> so I like, I like <laughs> we the fonts. all know that. <laughs> yes, I like the fonts to be big. Um, 
So, do you have any questions for me? Yeah. Um, was it good? <laughs> I liked it. You di- Why did you like it? Okay. Um, I'm actually going to write a post about this, too. Because yeah, write a post about it. I mean, but, but yeah. seriously, like... Um, I have a couple. I have like a ton of questions. Yeah. But high level. Why did you like it? Like the feeling. Mm-hmm. I guess. All right. So of course, uh, in the past, we've ribbed Dave Ramsey. Um, mm. I will no longer rib Dave Ramsey. Mm. I think the book was very good. Uh, it's a very easy read. Wait, wait. Just a quick disclosure. We've been paid for this review. <laughs> uh, yeah, Dave Ramsey contacted us and said, you should really read my book. Here's a free copy. We'll pay you whatever you want. No. Uh, no, I kind of did it because... So we were um, a little ballsy. We demanded $300. No, I did it because, um, you know, I've heard people say that they liked it. And, I, you know, we had given Dave Ramsey a bunch of shit based off, based off of what we've read from other people, what we've read from his website, uh, but his book is wildly different because it's coming from his it's, – it's definitely his writing mm-hmm. because you, you can tell by the way he phrases things and how he speaks. So he's, as he's speaking, he's, he writes as he speaks, which is, which is good. It's an easy to get through read. He makes jokes. He's very, he has tough talk in them. He is – What do you mean tough talk? Give me an example. Like he'll say that's stupid or you know, you're dumb for doing that You know, because he, he gives it examples of like – um, you know what people you know, and he gives a lot of examples and stories from his from his listeners from this from the radio show and from his readers and people that you know have sent in stuff. And I will have to say, full disclosure, I didn't. There's it, peppered throughout the book are um, listener stories, right? So they're 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 in italics, and it's just to illustrate a point that he made before or after. And I did not read those in order to get through the book quicker because mm-hmm. I just I just read Dave Ramsey's words. Right? right. So, um, you took his point as, yeah. you know, valid. And, yeah. yeah. Right. So, uh, it, so basically, uh, there are the book outlines. Do you hear that? High pitch noise? Yeah. Anyway. Uh, sound like an iPhone. Yeah. Right? No, 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 it's not outside. Anyway, uh, he, the, the book outlines, uh, it, the beginning of the book, it goes through a bunch of myths about personal finance and it goes through a bunch of like the problems of what's going on with gen- the general public about personal finance which is interesting to read and get through a lot of the things I knew already. I mean a lot of this book I knew already. Mm-hmm. Um but just from doing this podcast and 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 um from writing and stuff and just being immersed in the culture. But it uh, the second half of the book uh or a majority of the book is the seven baby steps to towards a total money makeover. How, okay, so okay, two questions. Yeah. One, so you said you already knew the stuff, but can you imagine, like, if you had not known the stuff, mm-hmm. that would have been oh easily digestible? Oh, absolutely, yeah. And so that's so why, it was very, like, yeah. you know, ramp up to... Yes, yes. It is not for... Um, it, it, the book is not for people who know personal finance already, um, and it's it's... It's definitely for beginners, for sure. Like super beginners. Um, yeah, because it gets well. It starts out with uh, the baby steps are are are, are good well, and interesting. Well, and d- I, and don't, actually, don't talk about the baby steps because I actually have some specific. Yeah, questions. okay. I would like you to because it makes it easier for me. Well, okay. I'll just. Well, I want to hear. What you, I want to hear you finish your thought though. On the- so I, I'm just saying that the book is definitely for beginners. Um, it's very well thought out and written. 
and and I, I don't mean like well written as in like the, the grammar is perfect and it's just you know it's written by it's like Shakespeare. Yeah, no, it's written to be read, mm-hmm. and it's uh, and if you want some tough talk and some uh, easy digestible language. Uh, that's, see, that's like really interesting because I wrote the Mastering Mint book just to be purchased. Yeah, right. I, I didn't. <laughs> I hope like, like no one who bought it read it because yeah, whoa. It's all in Elizabeth. <laughs> uh, yeah, very early twelfth century. It's all written in Python. Yeah, it's yeah. all code. So yeah, I, I mean, I, I, I honestly, the book was good. I liked it. So these baby steps, um, I, I know them basically because they've been tossed around all over the internet. Mm-hmm. How how much of the book do these baby steps consume? Like half of the book? I'd say three quarters. Three quarters of the book are the baby steps. Yes. Yeah. So so the meat and potatoes of these baby steps is just explaining why. He says, like for example, one of the baby steps is save a thousand dollars. That's the first one. Yes. Right. So. What is he? Does he write like pages and pages on why you should save a thousand, or like no. how you should save a thousand? Like what? What does he elaborate on? That? Yeah, so he uh, he definitely tells a lot of stories, right? So um, I'm going to give you a fr- uh, actually I wrote a lot of this down because I was taking notes while I was reading the book. Um, he there was once in the all right. So the first baby step is he talks about uh, you know the idea of what do you call it. Uh, saving a thousand dollars, right? So he calls it this this emergency fund, and uh, he he thinks that you should do this step before paying off any debts. Like the this thousand dollars is the first thing you should do, regardless of whatever else is going on. Mm-hmm. And he talks about ways that you can make this growth faster. So you know, obviously working other jobs and doing some side work stuff. Um, he also talks about how to store it. So um, he says that this emergency fund, which should only be used for emergencies, right? Which is exactly mm-hmm. why it's called that, uh, should be stored. Well, I mean, we say that for ours as well. I mean. Right. Should be stored in a very quickly liquidated, you know, liquid, you know, uh, place. So for instance, he says, you know, if you put it in a savings account, you know, have access to it, Right. Uh, he gives a story, which I thought was pretty cool. It was interesting. He gives a story where this lady or this guy, and I'm not sure the gender, but they took 10 $100 bills and they, they, they filled a picture frame with them and they put a, sim, a sign that says break in case of emergency and they put it, they hung it at the back of their closet in front of a wall of clothes. Hmm. So they have the money, but it's out of sight, out of mind. And they know to only use it for emergencies, but just just the in the idea that he's trying to do everything that he talks about in the book is really for but, and except towards the end when he talks about investing is for emotional wins. So he's very based on emotional wins, and the like. I think that that's actually a good thing. I think this thousand dollars right off the bat is a good just thing to just it's just it gives you peace of mind. I get that. Right, um, so he so he does that. Then he says the next step is to uh, so and he, he talks a little bit about you know how to. That's really all he does, like how to make the money quicker. You know how to get that first thousand dollars. Um, how to store. Does he it. give you ideas like mow your neighbor's lawn? Or yeah, like, st- like yeah, not like in detail, but yeah, he he did, he and he and he relays that information through stories of how other people, people that he knows, uh, were able to get that thousand bucks. Hmm. Which is which is good because you, it's it's interesting to hear how other people did it in a creative way, 
right? So that's how it's filled. Um, so yeah, that I, I I mean I thought that was good. Hmm. Uh, do you have any other? Ha- and yeah, I, how? Okay. Well, I want to get real quick to the to the big one, the, the elephant in the room, mm. right? So I'm very quick to criticize uh, religion when it's used to make a point about, especially about ink, money. Something math related. Yeah, um, I'm gonna say that uh, it's very not overbearing. Like the the religion, he throws a couple of things in there, like a couple of proverbs. I mean, maybe like a couple. Like I I think I read like three or four, mm-hmm. you know, from the Bible. Uh, nothing had anything to do with math. Uh, he does mention praying and and he does mention God, but not in a religious way. So I didn't feel like I was being beat over the head r- w- with religion. So it's actually not that I, – I, I was actually surprised by how little religion was actually in the book. Hmm. You know, he does mention it. Like he's very clear that he's a religious person, uh, but he doesn't beat you over the head with it. So – and I assume that with the book. I assumed I, that that's what was going to happen, but it, that's the, that – I didn't feel like it was overbearing in, in any way, shape, or form. So it sounds like you have a, a positive – experience with the book and let me ask you you know so he mentions you know god or jesus or praying or whatever he mentions um that uh didn't not like affect you i guess it didn't uh color your perception no and it didn't be it didn't even bother me like Mm -hmm. like i said it it Mm -hmm. wasn't used to to uh it wasn't imposing it wasn't alienating Mm. It was like any if you were not a religious person, you could read this book and feel okay, like about like not. But if you but if you are a religious person, then it really would speak to you on a, maybe a different level, you know, because it's more relatable. Uh, but I didn't feel like it was like again that that was just, I mean I, I'm so I know that you didn't read the listener phrases in there, um, the listener stories, yeah. right? Right, listener stories rather, which Sorry. which may have had more religion in them and. That's fine. It, but, it could have been. But, yeah. you know, I, I can understand it's not the meat and potatoes. It's kind of the anecdotes. Yes, the anecdotes uh, that support his his text. Yeah. yeah. So, uh, so being that you didn't read those pieces, how long did it take you to read this? Like, uh, and I know you could say, like, days, but maybe in terms of, like, hours. Hours? Um, I would say maybe, like, eight hours. Mm-hmm. You know, I had to pick it up a couple times. Uh, but overall, yeah, I would say uh, you could probably get it done quicker than that if you're a fast reader. It wasn't, it didn't really feel like I, like I took a lot of time out of my life to read it. So most people who don't drive could probably knock it almost out completely. Excuse me. Yeah. In like a week of commuting or something. Yeah. And if you want to do the audiobook, that's fine too. But you're going to get the, uh, the listener stories. If you want to skip over them, I mean, that's fine. Uh, I usually even do that in any book that I read. If there's like, if they're peppered with these anecdotes, I sometimes skip over. It depends. Because even, even like uh, I Will Teach You To Be Rich had anecdotes. I did read those because uh, that book is awesome. But that book was very similar, I feel like, to Dave Ramsey's book. And not in the sense that it had the baby steps in it, but it was just in that language that I could – it was easy to digest that language that was used. Mm. You know, it's like that sort of like kind of brash, tough talk sort of what, thing what's the major takeaways from it because you said it was it was pretty beginner yeah i i had read i don't i don't remember all the baby steps but the baby steps seemed pretty pretty basic yeah it's so, definitely for people who are in financial dire straits it's definitely for those people so, so i mean because it's, it's meant to motivate you 
and and make it and make and make it appeal a very simple to do, which is which it really is. And he does give a lot of metaphors, and he does give a lot of stories, and it like I said, it's it 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 has an emotional win, and it's really cool. It's a good book. Is it kind of talking to you like you're dumb? Oh, that's a good. Be question. honest. Um, because it sounds like it's very beginner. Sounds like he's saying that if you do this, you're stupid stuff, you know, stuff like that. Yeah, and I'm gonna just say wondering if it's not like condescending. That may be another level. Yeah, but. it's not condescending, but I get what you're saying, and yes, I would have to say yes. It's it's it, it, like I said, it's a book for people who are not good with money. It's not an investing book. It's not even a. Uh, it's maybe more of a get out of debt book than anything. Mm. You know, it's not so much an investing book because he, he definitely he even he even says in the book that, you know, if you want to learn all the detailed stuff about investing, go read my other book uh, that he had put out before this one. So this one was definitely dumbed down uh, in the best so way look, possible. I, I could see it. I could see it as like a, a gateway drug into personal. Finance. Absolutely. Absolutely. You know, yes. And that, that's what it sounds like. But let me ask you, we, we've done. A couple episodes on on debt, or I mean, like mm-hmm. equivalent to episodes that we've done, and not not to compare us to him, who's better or worse, but mm-hmm. ha- like the knowledge conveyed. How many episodes of you know? I, I don't know. I'm trying to think of a, a metric. Yeah, he's not a dumb guy, and I want to talk about the debt thing a little bit because that was the one area I disagree with. Mm. Honestly, I know the snowball versus stack. Right, I, and, I'm and, with you. I agree. It's but, not math based. But he is very clear about that. He says the way I'm going to tell you to do it is not mathematically the most the best way to do it. He says that. He's like I know how to use a calculator. Uh, but he says it he he says and this is the actual quote from the book and I'm going to just skim over my notes here to find it. Um, that he believes personal finance is 80% behavior and 20% head no- head knowledge, which is why he recommends the snowball because it's based on uh, a behavior modification over math and that's his words uh which he he, like like i said he makes it very clear that it's not correct mathematics but for the emotional wins of and this is what it and basically if you're not familiar with the debt snowball method which is what he advocates it's the same idea of putting your debts in order but instead of listing them from the highest interest rate down you list them from the uh the lowest balance down so basically you pay off your credit card with the lowest balance Mm. first so you get that easy win and he also brings up the story how this woman uh went to kinko's or some printing place and made her list and printed it out really big and put it on her fridge and had a red marker and would like cross off every time she would make a you know she would pay off a debt so she could see it every day and was mindful of it and i could resonate with that i mean oftentimes i write stuff down just so i could cross it off like physically yeah i feel like and he's saying like you know you can flip that over to the stack method which the stack method mathematically will pay off your debts faster and uh will actually save you money in the end because of all the interest uh but now it, it like the the here's the here's the good part about it is that the snack of oh, sorry the snack <laughs> well, I love the snack <laughs> the snack method is when you eat a bunch <laughs> of chips no there's a uh, if you if you have the like the, the snowball method could work to your advantage if it just so happens that your lowest balance is also your mm-hmm. highest interest rate so it could work either when way you're so lucky right <laughs> well I don't know if you're lucky but yeah that's that's uh so I guess I guess uh, well first of all do you real quick do you know when this book was written 
like 19 something, 2000 something. Uh, I, you, you I might say, have I an know. updated. I think I have an updated edition in 2008. Because the only thing is like. Um, Ready yes. for zero, dude. Like I, I've been using it for for he, my debt to pay down, and yeah. like it is so easy. It is automated, and they they rah rah cheer you on with emails and badges and all this stuff. So you get you get the emotional thing, you get the the yes, automation because, thing, right. and it's quicker. And I just well, see the thing is, my, is, I'm wondering if it's like pre software like that that could kind of do the heavy lifting for yeah, you. Yeah, he mentions no software. This, like actually, all. you know, he mentions one piece of software, which is uh, uh, no, no. He mentions um, this product, this software that collects all of the scholarships that are offered, and hmm. that's how you, you know, he was using. He was trying to tell you how you can pay off college faster. That's interesting. Yeah, it's through scholarships. So he there, he, he mentions that software. I don't remember the name of it specifically, but. Uh, that's the only really, he doesn't mention min or anything like that. It's not like, you know, updated. And I think the reason why is because technology changes so fast that if you write that into a book, he's basically just outlining the principles. And then mm. if you can use software or tools to help you with that, then by all means. So in his case, like, yes, uh, ready for zero uses the stack method rather than the snowball method, but it's still a way to pay down your debt. And if you go and use that tool, you're doing the baby step number two, essentially. Which is? Which is paying off your debt, paying off mm. all your debts. And he mentions all your debts besides your home. Do you think if you listen to a random week of our podcast that you would roughly have the gist of? A random week? No. Because like <laughs> yeah, I last, guess, I guess last week of... you wouldn't have had that because mm. we, we did all interviews. Mm. No, but a lot of the things that he talked about, we've talked about. It's all the same shit, right? Yeah. I mean, it, it's like, it's, <laughs> look, it's being debt-free. We all agree. Like, the entire personal finance community agrees that you should be debt-free, right? Well, I mean. The entire <laughs> of it, yeah. Not, if you, look, if you, if you bought your house in cash, you bought your car in cash, you have no credit card debt, but you use your credit card responsibly, because he does not mention that. He doesn't mention using credit cards responsibly. He mentions never using credit cards. Basically, he mentions never using credit cards, yes. He tells you to cut them up, which is exactly what I did to pay off my debt, uh, which I, I, I agree with. Because you can always get a card in the mail. That's the easy part. Mm. But you know, when he talks about paying off your debt, cut up your credit cards. Absolutely. I did that. That's the first thing I did was cut up my credit cards. That way I couldn't dig myself into a deeper hole or just spin my wheels. Mm. Um. And then, you know, after the after you're you're done paying off your debt, and this and the debt that he talks about includes your car. And he says that if you have a car and you don't think you can pay it off, sell it. Get rid of it. And I have to agree with that too. I very much agree with that. Yeah, I know you do. So you know, here's what I here's what I found out in the book. The dude's smart. The dude like knows what he's talking about, right? He just decides to tell you know, he said, like, it, like, he's look, made decisions. Well, here's how this he, is what he's gonna. Well, not necessarily. Cause so the one, the thing that, you know, we've also ribbed him about was this 12% thing, which he mentions frequently through the book. And if you don't know what I'm talking about, uh, the idea that if you put your money into mutual funds, which is, he talks about mutual funds and index funds, but very briefly and doesn't really go into details. He picked, he tells the ones that he uses. Um, but he says, you know, you can make 12%. Well, really, it's not 12%. It's 8% because he uh, calculates 4% inflation per year. 
So really, what he's saying is you're making 8% on these investments. And that's not far from 7%. Wait, wait, wait. So he says 12% and then within the book revises it to 8%? No. You, he says that the stock market has made an average 12%. But if you, if you count inflation, which is 4%, so like if you like- So he, he mentions this in the book and he says mentions 8%. 8%, yes. Mm. He's like, technically you're making 8% because you have to incorporate the 4% in for inflation every year. Now, look, whether you just, look, the fucking, that's semantics, right? Mm. We're, we're, I'm sticking with 7%. 7% is a way more conservative number. 7% is still- It's the reason why we, we decided, I mean, yeah. Yeah, it's, it's common. It's not like we decide, it's not that our, our number, it's not that 8% is his number. That's just mathematics, mm. right? Mm. Um, but the reason he mentions 12% so much is because it's a much better sell than 7%. Mm. It is. Which, wait, wait, 8% you're saying is a better sell than 7% or 12%? 12% is a better sell than 7%. Mm. But he does say 8% because of inflation. You no, know, it's interesting you bring it up because I, I've been brewing on an article idea for a while that cash is actually the riskiest investment. Yeah. Because with inflation over time, it's much more likely your equities will be worth more as opposed to your cash. Right. So, so in the debt part, he talks about paying off your car, paying off all your credit card bills. Then he taught, then this baby step three is going in and funding your emergency fund more. Right. And mm -hmm. he does not believe that putting your emergency fund should be in investments unless they're mm -hmm. easily accessed. Right. So mm -hmm. because of betterment and the fact that we can easily access funds, that is an okay thing to use, it, according to him. But he doesn't know that that exists yet, right? Does, so, does he still know if it exists? Well, no. He <laughs> talks about like money market. He you know put it in a money. No, market no, I, account. I know. He, he wrote it a while ago. He wrote it a while ago. Yeah. So um, then he uh, says to fund it to have three to six months emergency fund. So he says between you know ten and twenty five thousand dollars, which we've also talked about is going to twenty five thousand dollars. Then. After that, wait, 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 say that again, part again, because I literally pulled 25 out yeah, of no, my he, ass. Yeah, I was thinking of a portion of a hundred thousand. Yeah. His, his money, he says that you, and you should in baby step three, and I think it's three, I could be wrong, uh, to pay off, you know, to start funding your emergency fund again after you've paid off your debts. And wait, what was the number? It's a scale. So, uh, have three to six months of your living expenses tucked mm. away right. in your emergency fund, which is, he says, between 10000 and 25000 depending mm. on your situation. If you're, if you're a self-employed person, it'd probably be better to go to six months. If you're an employed person who has had a steady job and has had it for a while, uh, you might you only need three months, and it depends on who you are. If you have a family, it might be more. If it's a, just a single person like me, it might be three. It could be whatever. Mm. But – uh, yeah, he, so I got he, a lot of flack for that number. Yeah, he maxed it out. He maxes it out at twenty five thousand dollars. Everyone was like, twenty five is like way too high. That's what people. Well, are no, he, he says the max. He he maxes out at twenty five thousand every emergency fund. Then mm -hmm. after that, it's focusing on paying off your house. You know, or then it's you know focusing on uh, making investments. You know, fifteen percent of your earnings should go towards four hundred one k matching and uh, all this stuff. Now, one thing I will mention, and then he, then he wants to go. Then he wants you to pay off your house. Then he wants you to invest like hardcore. Then he just wants your money to make money for you, and you're fucking awesome, right? Mm. So he doesn't outline all. He just like gives you the the the, the blueprint. Yeah, he gives yeah. you the, the blueprint. 
uh, but he doesn't specifically tell you here you should invest in these stocks. He does give you the breakdown and how to diversify, but a very you know large cap, mid cap, small cap, you know. And then he says if you can do real estate and you want to buy real estate in cash, you know, pay it you know completely in cash, then that's cool mm-hmm. if you if you're interested in doing that. But he likes to keep his investment and his portfolio super simple, which I resonated with because that's exactly how I feel. Mm-hmm. Uh, another thing that he uh, he mentions that I don't. Uh, I don't know if I necessarily – I definitely don't agree with it. I, I think I have to say I don't agree with it, is that when you're paying off your debts, you should stop contributing to your 401k. Say that again? All right. He says even if your company's matching, stop, inve- stop putting money to your 401k. When you're out of debt? No, no you're not following me. No, no, that's what I'm saying. I said say it again because I didn't catch the whole – Okay. If you're in debt. And you're mm-hmm. trying to pay off your debt, but you're putting money towards your 401k because your company is matching. He says, stop uh, stop contributing to your 401k and use that extra money to pay down your debt. That's bullshit because you get 100% return. Wait. Mm. There is a caveat to this. And see, this is where I think people pull sh- – and this is it's, – it's a little bit aggravating because when you read things online, people pull shit out of context. And I'm learning this. Mm. And doing this podcast has, has, you know, we've given Dave a lot of shit, and well, people do it to us too. But yeah, yeah, I know. But and I and that's I'm on to set the record straight. So I read this in detail, and I was taking notes because I want to make sure that I get what I read right. There mm. is a caveat. Now, he says, like somebody like me who has, you know, seven to eight thousand dollars in debt. I didn't have that much debt, right? He says right. you can pay that debt off pretty quickly and still contribute to your 401k if you get matching. He's like, that's fine. But if you have like hundreds of thousands of dollars, like $80,000 and up worth of debt, then you need to put the 401k on hold because you need to put all the money you can towards paying off that debt. Once you get it down to a reasonable number, then you can start putting things back into your 401 You can start contributing back to your 401k. I actually, mm-hmm. I'm actually okay with that like caveat. I think that's, I think that's reasonable. I know he's like I know it's free money, but the amount of money you're 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 pushing towards like the the, the interest of your debts, it's like it's not going to matter. He's like and he, you know, he mentions a guy who was uh, I think he was like eighty or seventy nine thousand dollars in debt, but his company was matching three percent, and he's like no, take the money out, start paying off your debts fast. Yeah, but right? three. So okay, so they're matching three percent, I guess, of his total salary, right? No, three percent. I don't know how it works. To be honest with you. Is it three percent of your total salary? Three well, percent? What do you put? All in? right, so it it depends because like so for example, when I was at Barclays, they would match a hundred percent up to X amount. At Clear Channel, they'll match twenty five percent up to X amount, and the X amount might be six percent of your salary or something like right. that. But it's free money. See, that's the, that's the thing is it reduces. Uh, I mean, I, I don't know that that's. He's saying if you have a low amount, I have of difficulty debt. buying that. I, I have a lot of trouble buying into that. Well. Take it at what I'm just telling you that he didn't he's he doesn't say flat out stop contributing to your 401k you're an asshole put your money towards your debts he says stop contributing to your 401k if you have a shitload of debt because it's it's you're making less in the in the matching than you are in the you know than you're spending in the interest to that you have this these revolving debts mm. and I would say yeah. And then as soon as you get it down to a reasonable number, you can pay it off quickly. You know, if you have a low amount of debt, you know, if you have five thousand or ten thousand dollars in debt, which is really not that much money, 
then you don't necessarily have to sacrifice contributing to your 401k if you get a match. It's only if you get a match, by the way. That's all. Mm. So I thought that that caveat that he mentioned, and he doesn't mention it right away, you have to read through it, and then he, he brings it up, and I maybe you should have brought it up a little earlier, but uh, it's there. It's there. It's in plain text. So. You know, he put his opinions out there. I respect the guy for doing that, and, and you know, it's... Not all math based, but he at least if he's upfront that it's he's, like that's clearly really, it's emotional based. It's not you know that's fine. really what it is. He puts he you know he puts his ass on the line and says like, look, I'm telling you the non mathematical way to do things. Like I'm clearly aware of that. I'm not telling you the like the mathematic way mathematical way to do I, this. No, I, I respect. That. I you guess, know what I mean. Personally, I have difficulty accepting that. I've been forced and to a lot take of other people too. A lot of other people amount do. of math. Like I just. Yes, yeah. I you know the 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 greatest thing you can do is you know have an emotional win with with mathematical with math in your favor, right? Mm. If you can achieve that, great. I want yeah, optimize quickest way possible. Absolutely, yeah. and that's fine, and that's and that's our technological brains, and our you know we're younger and we get that, and you know I, I do believe that there's 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 people who need the behavioral thing for sure. I Look, work. They're, they're older. I mean, like older. I mean, there there are people who listen that are older than us. Yeah. Right. And I, I don't think to us that are older than us. That, I mean, that's that's what I'm saying. Oh, okay. But I, the, the the thing is that. Just because they're older than us doesn't mean that they wouldn't want the most optimal way to achieve X or yeah. leverage technology to save them time. And so, right. I mean, and that's, I think that's really what it boils down to is that, yes, we're a younger generation. We, we speak uh, with a younger voice. We rely a lot on technology because it's available to us and we like it uh, and it is helpful. Whereas uh, Dave is not appealing to that particular crowd. So that's fine. I think that if any, if I learned anything from this book review, it's that uh, I will not write off anybody until I read their words. I think it's a great approach, uh, I mean, and I think, and I think, see, and I did listen to his podcast, and it's not the same. So if you think listening to five episodes of his podcast is going to get you the gist of who Dave is and what his what his mission is, then uh, you're wrong. I think just like listening to five episodes of his podcast won't give you the gist of what we're all about. Uh, so I think you have to go and read his words because his words are way more powerful than what he says on the radio because, again, it's a, it's a daily show like we have. So the other thing I want to mention is um, – fuck, I had, I had another thing and I completely lost it in that, in that, whole, in that whole rant. Uh, but, yeah, I did, I did learn a lot. I do not – you know, and I, we talked about this off the air a while back because uh, a lot of people were saying that you know we were talking shit on somebody we really didn't know much about. And – and that's true, but we we did our research. It was just online, and, and it was the wrong sources. And you know, I went right to the horse's mouth, you know, for lack of a better phrase, and got a different sense of who he is and what he does. And I'm not, and I'm, and I'm going to recommend the book because the book is good for people who are just starting out. It, I, I will say, from from the other episode, that <coughs> yes, fine. Maybe maybe the twelve percent is revised down to eight percent because of inflation, whatever. Um, and I, even, I if, could, that, I even could, if you ignore that, even if you ignore that, even well, if you I'm saying, I'm read saying, that book and say, okay, I understand it's seven, I get it, all right, move on, move on. That's not what he's selling you on. He's just yeah, telling you dude, that. I, I guess what killed me was the ELP program. It's like throwing people to the wolves because that, like, if there is there anyone to describe as wolves, it's the people who are going to manage your money huh. when you have no fucking clue what you're doing. Okay, that is something I wanted to touch on too. So we we had mentioned that the uh, what were they what were they called? 
It's called ELP. ELP. It's like endorsed local provider. I That's think right. Is what exactly. So he has a team of uh, financial advisors that are that follow whatever test they have to go through to get team, through. Team, yeah, don't, whatever. Don't he make it a, sound like they're part of his organization. They're all independent, and they basically they pay him to be part of this. Yeah. They pay him per lead. He actually so, he actually shits on financial advisors in the book, mm. which is funny and a little bit ironic. Well, then, dude, then what What the hell? So if he's shitting on – because, you know, to be honest, and I've gotten tons of interviews from uh, people who are like, oh, financial advisors are great, or from people who are financial advisors. And it's not that financial advisors are asshole people who are just willing you know, no, to they, kill yeah, you or something. Yeah. It's just I don't think that it is worth spending the money when the knowledge is available and it's really not that difficult. Right. Like, you know. And that's what he says. He basically says so, you should so, know. So isn't that incongruent if he's then going to refer you to the people that he thinks you shouldn't go to? Some people, you know, don't want to do this. Some people, you know, want to know as little as possible and have somebody they can trust to manage their money. I get that. Right? There's a there, – but – I, I'm not that person. I don't recommend. I don't recommend people do that personally. This, this is this is the thing. This is this is what kills me because uh, there's the argument that yes, I don't want to do it, so I'm going to pay someone to do it. Fine, you know what? Show up and pay them fifty dollars every time you show up, and that'd be great. But what often happens is people are giving them a percentage of their holdings. Do you know anybody that pays a percentage to a financial? No, advisor? because I I I would. Punch them and like tell them other. Everyone that knows me, honestly, everyone that knows me, I'm like the dude on the soapbox, you know, ranting about this shit. Everyone knows me. Does. Oh, that's D- Dave uses the word rant in this whole book. He has but, little but, sections called Dave R- Dave rants. I, I I rant a lot, but but here's the thing: is dude, so you're basically Dave Ramsey. I'm I'm like the the shorter Jewish yeah Jew Jewier, um, but thirty year old Dave Ramsey. Yeah, yeah. So, uh, that's I, I don't know if I want to be that, but but anyways, the one percent in fees can take up to twenty four percent of your potential. So that's the thing is like people are like people don't see that, and it's like, well, okay, if you gave it to them in hard numbers, like, look, you could I'll be your financial advisor for ten years, mm-hmm. and over those ten years, I'm going to collect ten thousand dollars from you. Because that's what the one percent equals, or you know, and I think if you gave it to them in real numbers, people would be like, "Well, hell no, I'm not doing that because that's insane." Right. That's what gets me. All I'm saying is, sorry, that, I get riled up with. Yeah. That. Okay. I just read the one book, and I'm recommending that it's not that. I'm saying that it's not bad. It's not a bad book. It is definitely for beginners. I recommend people who are just getting started out. It's a very good jumping off point. It's a very easy read. I also think that I Will Teach You to Be Rich is the same exact style of book, mm. but, but, it, but, it, but it's not religious. And, it, and not that, I, don't even, I don't even say that Dave's book's really religious, but it definitely appeals to a younger audience where Dave's appeals to – it has stories of younger people in it. it has story, it's, it's, it's a good mix. I mean he, he was trying to mass appeal this to everyone, which I have to give him credit for. But, um, you know, I Will Teach You To Be Rich is a, is a more younger version, a more millennial version of what Dave Ramsey talks about. And it's not set necessarily, you know, in baby steps. It's not set up into a list type of uh, format, which is really where I thought the book was good in the sense that he lays out a plan. 
And I don't, you know, maybe total money makeover isn't the right thing, but it was definitely a plan. He puts people on a friggin' path, and I have to commend him for coming up with this path. And it actually, uh, it's sort of what I was trying to do before I'd even read this book. It was what I was trying to do with the wealth wheel. And it is essentially a really dumbed down version of his seven baby steps besides the emergency fund. I mean, that's, I didn't have that in there. And I don't, I mean, we could, it's just not, a, you know, I think we having never, like took it to its logical conclusion. We, we did very basic on it, but we, we've talked about making it much and more. And we will. And we will. And I had a guy who uh, texted me and said that, or, uh, you know, I think Facebook me or something and said that the wealth wheel really helped him out like that. It just visualized, it made it, it made it very clear and he was able to visualize, you know, a good financial plan. And that's positive. That's exactly what I was tr trying to do with it. It was make it more of a visual aid rather than just, you know, having these seven steps somewhere. But mm. I, again, I want to end the episode. I don't want to go too long on this. This is roughly, this is a two hour episode? No, 40 minutes, dude. <laughs> All I'm saying is that uh, it's, if you, if you were looking for uh, a beginner read, Total mm. Money Makeover uh, was worth the money that I did not spend on it. But it's, so you, it's what, so no, you pirated it. It's, it's worth. I, I was. I, somebody lent it to me. It was. All right. Well, this is documented. It's going on the internet, and uh, if you're, no, listening, you're allowed to lend books. Come on. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, that's all I got to say about it. And I want to wrap was things this, up. Was, was it a digital book? It was a digital book. No, it wasn't. It was a real one. <laughs> you said it was 500 <laughs> pages. <laughs> Ew. Busted. Got any gim? Anyway, guys, uh, email us at listedmoneymatters at gmail.com. It, it was lended to you by Mr. Pirate Bay. <laughs> Check us out. Org. Please email us at listedmoneymatters at gmail.com. Let me know if you've read the book mm. and what you think about it because it's just my thought. Let, let Matt know on Twitter and Facebook, but please not by email. I, I, I don't really want to. Fair enough. All right. So it. you guys can email, or I'm sorry, you can tweet me at Money Matters Man or Facebook, facebook.com slash listen money matters. And if you like the podcast and you want to subscribe, please do. And uh, we'll be right next to old, good old Dave at the top of iTunes if you subscribe. And you can subscribe on iTunes or Stitcher or whatever podcast app you listen to on your phone or iPod or wherever you listen to it, Android, whatever. Doesn't matter. Uh, and please leave a review if you like the show. And I'm going to read a review real quick from Simply DAF, DAF, which I believe is Simply Def Def from the United States. <laughs> I have a finance degree, five stars. So it's I have a finance degree, dot, dot, dot. And this podcast has made me realize that I didn't pay enough attention in my undergrad classes. These guys are funny and sometimes say really dumb stuff, and I love it. Love the topics, love the research. They do share an ample amount of financial info with us, and I definitely appreciate the people they bring on for interviews. Great podcast with the quality content to listen to, especially while traveling. Keep them coming. Thank you, Simply Def Def. See, he has That's a finance awesome. degree. And he still Hell thinks yeah. that we're a thing. So I, I just want to say real quick, um, because I, you, you read a review and I instantly go to our, our, our iTunes page to okay. see yeah. what the story is. And I'm really bummed that uh, the top review is a one-star review. Yeah. Um, hey, if you guys are on iTunes and you want to do <laughs> us a favor real quick, uh, go and vote down the top review, which is like a one-star and a really long and detailed review. A lot of people thought it was helpful, and maybe that's true, but... 
If you uh, don't find it helpful, say that you click the no button that says you did not find this review helpful in that v- way. Though. Vote up <laughs> reviews that you think are good. That, what happens how about is, that? Let's do that instead. That's it, actually it was more positive. A few weeks ago, to, to be perfectly honest, we were we were hardcore trolled. This thing appeared out of nowhere. Was voted at like seven of votes. It like literally appeared within a day. Mm-hmm. Was voted to the top. The site was down for a few days because it was under attack. We had to block some IPs. Like people trolled us. So, um, yeah, that sucked. <laughs> anyway. Wow, you really didn't have an ending to that, did you? Well, no, because I, I don't want to tell people to do things. How about this? I, just, I want just people go and- to do things that they think are right. I mean, look, if that's the best review, then like vote that shit up. Yeah. Okay. I, I don't want it to be fake. All know? right. So if you guys uh, find other reviews on iTunes helpful, say that they were helpful by saying, yes, I found this review helpful. And uh, visit our website, listenmoneymatters.com, and check out all the resources and tools, including Dave's book, Total Money Makeover, will be in the resources because I did read it. I did Whoa. find it interesting. It's a good read. Check it out, right. listenmoneymatters.com slash toolbox. And, hey, we'll make some money on Amazon from it. Yeah, like eight cents. Love it, A though. month. That's perfect. Thanks again for hanging out with us, and we look forward to the next episode later, Andrew. Later, man.